When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey and welcome to another White Press Play. This time we're talking about the 1989 Michael Keaton movie, The Dream Team, a lost gem in time. Uh, maybe overshadowed by other releases of that year. It was a big year for movies, 1989. I'm here with my brethren, beard wearer, musician, talented, talented, knowledgeable man, and uh, former guest on Those Conspiracy Guys and now current guest on White Press Play, Mr. Neil Rochford. How are you going on, lads? How are you doing, Neil? Not too bad now. Uh, Neil, you wrote a book. I did write a book. And we're going to turn it into an audio book for these lovely uh, ear biscuits. Mm-hmm. We're going to make Can't wait for it. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about your book? Yeah, it's uh, it's a sci-fi thriller. Mm. Uh, it's called The Blue Ridge Project, or at least last year. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, all those guys, where you buy your online books. And we'll have um, a sequel is in the pipe? A sequel's in the pipe. I'm working on a few it's a fingers tri- and a few pies. It's a trilogy. A uh, planned trilogy. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to maybe possibly do some side bits possibility of a graphic novel adaptation you know I don't know yet you have to find the talented man to draw it Ben Hennessy where are you <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Neil you're you're also a, a former like we used to play on a band together for those who don't know Neil mm-hmm. uh, my brother uh, we've been on TCG we talk if you want to hear us reminisce mm-hmm. go on there they're five or six hours long as them. Um but you've recently got back into playing music I did yeah uh, my girlfriend bought me a guitar for my birthday and basically said you may start playing that again <laughs> guilted you into being to, to, Encour- to encouraged me re- encouraged yeah me. well mm-hmm. guilt encouragement <laughs> as long as one ever gets the job done right uh and, you, and you're playing again you're really enjoying it yeah played it played the other night there i was good crack so love it yeah. and if people wanted to read your book or see your face or get in contact with you you're on twitter at at Neil Rochford. Neil Montgomery Rochford. No, just no. no, I'm not using Montgomery anymore. Right, that's gone. Got so too confusing for people. At Neil Rochford, N E I L. R O C H F forty. Same Kula as yourself. Coolabula. Um and you have a website as well? I have a website as well, neiltor.com. Uh it's a, bit, it's a bit it's a bit dusty at the minute, but uh, sure. there'll be there'll be stuff coming up eventually. Yeah, you lived you lived abroad, you lived in Brazil, you lived in France, you yeah, had the, a trips around a few, uh, a few different spots around Water the world. Soles yeah. off a few pairs of shoes. I did. Yeah, I just got smaller and smaller bags and eventually just came home with what was on my back. <laughs> like Jesus our Lord, mm. he done the same. Um, yeah, so thanks for joining us on the show. This is your uh, this is your first show, this is your first go on uh, Y Press Play. Yeah, uh, you're to. used to the long form. We're going to get this in and out in about an hour. Mm-hmm. Have the crack and recommend this one of our childhood favorites. I think all big time. Um, mm. what, like I, I, we had this on video, and our father, who who you who will hear in of, heaven, <laughs> who you will hear of. 
many a time on this show, I would mm-hmm. say he was a he was a great man for the old um, what's it, what's it called uh, the old uh, um, uh, what would you call it live, uh, no, no. white white trash piracy. <laughs> Exactly. No. Do you know the the codes he used to type into the video? Video Plus, that's video it. Plus. He was a man for the Video Plus and mm-hmm. he'd go along and he'd look through the paper and be like, oh, there's a movie that has a name. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's about. Record. Mm-hmm. And quite similar to myself when we we first got broadband when I was like, all the things! Like, just download everything with no intention of watching it. Mm-hmm. And we had a video, video vaults. We had a... Oh, we had walls, walls of, of VHS that were bought from bargain bins in supermarkets. Mm. All, all long play, so you yeah, get the three movies minutes. on it. <laughs> exactly. Long play video, man, imagine. Mm. And um, yeah, it was my first time, like I was able to get all the X-Files on on tape together, recording mm-hmm. from BBC Two. I was able, we had, we had a pretty good like movie collection, but it was all very wait for TV kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, like being born in the early 80s for me, late 80s for you, mm-hmm. uh, we were one of those middling uh, exennials, they called us. So we yeah. had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. And we were very much a VHS family. Mm-hmm. And the, the old story of, you know, the father uh, uh, chips in with a load of lads and gets like a timeshare on a VHS in the fucking <laughs> late 80s. Because while we were poor, we still had notions. Yeah. And um, I remember dad getting the, the VHS from his workplace yeah. work for the week before Christmas. So we could record a few things and then not get to watch them until the next Christmas. But then we couldn't watch them because he was tapered more stuff to watch the following Christmas and so on and so on. And uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot. I mean, Ireland doesn't have uh, that many, I would call them maybe archivists, internet archivists, where you could look up some weird like English obscure TV show or some mm-hmm. ad on- online and you would be able to find it. But for Irish media, I don't think there is that person. Yeah, I'd say there would have been a lot of stuff like in the RD studios or whatever that would have just been yeah. tossed out like, you know, those old... I think they keep everything, but nobody is, is like actively going in and saying, okay, this crazy ad, mm-hmm. like this is really funny. Let's put this on. Or some like weather, you know, the weather report where your one is wearing like a fucking totally sheer see-through oh, yeah, dress. Yeah. Or something. Like uh, those weird Irishisms that people remember vaguely. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not that much of an internet culture in Ireland where people would take that stuff and put it online but we have a treasure trove at home there you go so I mean we, like, we, if you we want did to, tape the ads so. exactly <laughs> tape the ads if you want to if you want to put it through so that you know we can take like two months off and go through that whole video archive Irish <laughs> listeners we, we will be able to pull that stuff off videotapes and maybe do a, a a national tape to digital conversion uh, uh, movement there you go and try and get all these old TV shows back on episodes of The Den and stuff that were on with them mm-hmm. um, Ray Darcy and even Ian Dempsey like if that was a British TV show, like Blue Peter, you can watch every single episode mm. ever, and they're all up online on YouTube for mm. free. Uh, Dempsey's Den, which was our like childhood from three p.m. to six p.m. every single day, mm-hmm. like you can't you can't find but like three or four little clips of that. Yeah, Do you know, and it was our childhood. But I remember it being like, even if you think back now, there would be some stuff that would still bring a smile to your face, like, you know, oh, the, the Dustin the Turkey stuff, the... Zig and Zag stuff, those the, guys the wit, And the wit, the, like, they push the envelope and stuff for yeah. for afternoon kids programming. Doing, like, so, dirty like, jokes, the kids Raj, yeah. freaking people out yeah. and all, yeah. It just, it, it just sails just lightly over the heads of kids mm-hmm. and into the ears of the you know, the adults cooking the dinner, it'll give you a chuckle over mm-hmm. a pot of stew, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I think uh, for the shows that we're going to be on, there will be a lot of nostalgia for those kind of 
uh, movies. We have been talking about different different movies, and we will be doing other ones uh, that are typical Rochford household fare. Uh, our other brother Paul also will be coming on and maybe talking about a few older movies and stuff that he showed to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are ones we kind of discovered together. We're only four years apart, so we kind of had the same generation. I think you're closer to the millennial generation than I am, maybe a little bit. It's only four yeah. years, but um, it's a big four years. Yeah, it was the most important four. <laughs> four more years. <laughs> so it's just uh, the, the movies that we're going to be coming up with from now on will be those mm-hmm. like late 80s, early 90s, the ones that uh, forged our mm-hmm. senses of humor. And TV shows we're going to talk about, like we used to love watching BBC Two on Friday nights with uh, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer, yes. Red Dwarf, you know, these that, kind ca- of, that classic Brit gold yes, comedy, yeah, British yeah. comedy stuff that I don't think is there really anymore. And it's all on mm-hmm. like UK classic gold or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's not on a channel or it's not the only thing out there um, that people would be forging their senses of humor on. And I think mm-hmm. that's m- maybe where we get it. So into the show. Uh, that's a kind of a long intro, but it's your first. It's your first show, and I'd like to introduce the audience to you. There you go. Uh, the next time it'll be straight in, no kissing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you like the show or you you like what what, what you're hearing or you want to hear more of it, uh, you can head over to whitepressplay.com where we have loads of uh, reviews, videos. Uh, we, we you know what we might actually not have them now, but if you're listening to this in the future time. Uh, we probably will so this isn't for right now so don't go there now and go your fucking website's empty I was like I know it's empty we're just filling it up but if this is like past 2017 w- welcome to White Press Play yeah, yeah. our website is full now of stuff uh, you can go on there and get reviews that are written by uh, our hosts by special uh, uh, writers that we got in for the for the job and uh, there's videos and stuff that we're making. There's also live shows that you can get uh, a hold of from Twitch, YouTube, and Vidme. If you want to get in contact with us on social media, uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, on all of them. Snapchat, the whole lot. It's all White Press Play. Um, we're, we have a subreddit as well, r slash White Press Play. And uh, yeah, everything for all this. We have a t-shirt shop as well, Public, where you get loads of stuff. Everything is on the website. It's whitepressplay.com. Go have a look there. If you want to join in the conversation, you want to have a chat with us or a chat with the fans together talking about movies, talking about what you love, uh, Discord is a, a, an app that you can get that's blown up at the moment and uh, everybody comes together and they talk in certain channels and chat rooms and it's like the old Yahoo chat rooms of old. Uh, you're able to talk in audio and in, in uh typed text so there's like little chat like audio chat rooms you can pop in and have chats with strangers and uh, you know connect meet up the reason we found discord is because we use patreon patreon is a crowdfunding service uh, where you can go in and donate like as little as two dollars you get loads of outtakes behind the scenes stuff uh, you get to contact us like on, on special discord channels and uh, you get uh, videos early release uh, you get like you know, uh, uh, you can get to listen to the live show. We'll, we'll be broadcasting the live shows out through Discord and you get access through Twitch as well. Um, so head over to patreon.com slash play and you get, you basically you become like the favourite child in the family. Yeah, it's like a backstage pass or exactly, something. Exactly, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, it's the digital equivalent of having big tits and being in the front row. You just, <laughs> we're like, oh, hi, come on in. Like, uh, would you give us uh, money to support the show to help us uh, further our... Uh, uh, digital acquisitions like uh, PlayStation 4 games and stuff that we're going to review and mm-hmm. it pays for the hosting for the website and for the for the, the podcast hosting and stuff like that and Discord is all uh, involved in that so that's why we got that together we also do stream uh, on Twitch 
uh, we'll put those videos up on YouTube and Vidme as well and we stream on PS4 and Steam so if you want to join in with us get to be a Patreon send us your uh, gamer tag and we'll join in and we might have a an old game of Rocket League or an old game of Head, uh, Helldivers or something like that a bit of crack and uh, we will be doing live shows like I said we're, we're deciding between uh, which kind of live show software to use right now at this time of recording which is kind of like Blab of old for those that remember Blab uh, in a kind of a four-way split-screen chat where you can ask questions and it's kind of like a, a you know a town hall kind of a, a thing that happens and I, I really want to try and get something like that going with this show and some kind of a, a two-way conversation where you guys can be like, hey, what about this? And blah, 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 and ask this kind of stuff. Like, there are there is stuff to be decided, and there will be thematic shows like best movies starring, like, some psycho uh, uh, murderer guy, mm-hmm. or best movies where... Uh, uh, that, that That's all, all female cast, or best, best um, movies set in a dystopian future. Best mm-hmm. movies from... Uh, foreign directors, right. you know, best uh, movie, best black exploitation films <laughs> in the seventies. You know, like let's picture the archives. These kind of things and TV shows as well, mm-hmm. computer games. So it's all movies, TV shows, uh, and computer games on White Press Play. So with that all out of the way, this is a long intro for uh, for, for the show, and that's only it's not this long usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that out of the way, we're going to talk about the movie Dream Team, uh, a stalwart of our childhood, Neil. That's a fantastic movie. Fantastic actually. movie. Love this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us, we do this thing over White Press Play. It's a sixty seconds, no spoiler. Mm-hmm. So if you can, are you, are you sufficiently warmed up to do this? I think I can give it a go. Your, yeah. Yeah. How's your mouth muscles? Mm-hmm. So we're going to do sixty seconds, no spoilers. Neil's going to tell you all about this movie, and then we're going to take it apart and talk about it. Some of the funniest shit from <laughs> <laughs> some of the funniest shit from my childhood. Uh, Neil's going to tell you all about it. So sixty seconds, Neil. I'll give you sixty seconds from. No. Okay, so we start off in Cedarbrook uh, Mental Institution, or Psychiatric Institution, maybe to be more precise. Uh, we have uh, Billy Caulfield, who's an angry... Ten seconds. <laughs> he's a very angry uh, pathological liar. We have uh, Christopher Lloyd's character, uh, Henry Sikorsky, who's deluded into thinking that he's a doctor. Uh, we have uh, Jack McDermott, played by Peter Boyle, and uh, he believes that he's Jesus. And we have a uh, semi-catatonic, who can only speak in baseball terms, Albert Iannucci, played by Stephen First. So uh, the seconds. doctor uh, is played by Zedekis. Uh He organizes a field trip as a part of their therapy out to see a baseball game on the field trip into New York City. Uh, the doctor, while taking Albert for piss, he witnesses uh, two corrupt cops killing another cop. Uh, after this he's beaten into a coma and the four patients have to run around the city looking after themselves and trying to save the doctor while getting back in time for the last baseball game of the day (laughs) and all the rest just yeah just kind of that's the end (laughs) it's hard to do right yeah I've had a few people on trying to do that like it's it's tough man I tried to do it Mm. myself uh, for one or two of them with Steve and it's like well, like you're you get, you get, you, you the, get the first 15 minutes in the movie in the first that's 40 it. seconds. The first 40 and seconds, yeah. like, that's <laughs> Steve goes like, okay, we open on a, you know, a sunny morning. The mist <laughs> is gently rising. You're like, dude, it's fucking 15 seconds already. Like, let's get going. Um, and then some other guys are like, it's just four guys get in the van and then do a thing, some cops, and that's the end. Yeah, 40 seconds left. Seconds, what do you want to do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant premise. Yeah, deadly. I, I haven't seen actually anything really similar. This is the thing. This is what we're before. going to be talking about on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most, I believe. 
and it's a real old man like rubbing your legs in front of a fucking secondary school kind of <laughs> oh, they don't make him like that anymore <laughs> like this is what's happening they don't make him like that anymore no. where it's a super simple story but you do your character archetypes mm-hmm. you 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 know you flesh it out with a, a, each one has their own like motivation and you know you're not it's done, obsessed it's done really with earnestly honest it's yeah. fucking honest it's mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and you know like from doing improv and stuff that i did like a lot of people would go into like improv and they would always try to bang the jokes mm-hmm. and just be like boopy and get the you know the, the laugh and we did, the, I did the do big short, push like, yeah, yeah I did do short form improv and stuff and you are going for the cock jokes and you know from people mm-hmm. who listen to those conspiracy guys sometimes you know to lighten the mood or to bring up something that's kind of like oh Jesus you just have <laughs> to go like me Mickey and everyone laughs and you're like okay let's just fucking move on like let's ride the wave of that laugh into yeah. something new and just change it and the the underlying truth behind all of those like interactions on stage live or in even in the show or on any TV show is like the people mm-hmm. the character and this is why shows that have character rather than special effects or rather than uh, you know like um, like John Wick or some shit yeah, where you're just like it's all action it's like porn mm-hmm. you know um, you st- it still gives you it still gives you a boner you can still it's like just, it's just a different kind yeah you still jip off it does the job but mm-hmm. it's more like a mechanical or a medicinal thing it's not like a like you know having sex with somebody that you love yeah you don't go through an emotional journey exactly. on it like, there's you know. no there's no hypothalamic uh, r- release there's no hypothalamic intervention you know mm-hmm. And I think that this movie, the way that they're building the characters, and it's set in that like old timey. Uh, it's old timey. Now it's fucking thirty years. Like we're old timey. Jesus, when I was young, uh, like the eighties and early nineties had those movies that were like, here's a story. It doesn't have to be massive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like always set up to look forward to making a sequel. Mm-hmm. It's a small thing. This shit happened. It can happen in like the space of like this movie is set in what like like a day and a half, a day and a half, maybe mm-hmm. two days. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Tell a story. Do the thing. You, we start in the middle of the story. Mm-hmm. If we need to find out backstory, we do. You know, as the thing happens, and then it stops, and everyone's like they laugh and they freeze frame, and it's roll credits, and you're like, mm-hmm. cool. That was a little story done, completely encapsulated. And now there's a whole thing of like we have to make the franchise, and mm-hmm. it has to be the fucking the action figures and the computer game the whole mm-hmm. fucking thing and there has there has to be like a minimum of 10 quip lines you know yeah. relevant to yeah. the situation at drain it's like do, do yeah. we need it yeah do we need it so so for this movie mm-hmm. um like the way it's constructed it's real like a novel novel-esque yeah that's what that's what strikes me about it as well yeah they they come up there's no Oh, it'd be the word like there's no forced character development. Yeah. It happens up naturally because, you know, when they get into the city and they're released yeah. to go off on their own thing, that is like then the epitome of a character journey. Like yeah, you're left on your own with challenge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. And uh, they 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 get put into these situations that mm-hmm. crystallizes the, I suppose, the assumptions that the audience would see in the first few scenes. So mm-hmm. let's go into the first few scenes that we start off in a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. There's four motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> but we start off, and it's kind of like you don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a full orchestral music score for this movie. It's mm-hmm. like very well constructed, mm-hmm. uh, as well as then some pop songs like 
uh, open the door, get on the floor, everybody walk that dinosaur. Like when they're driving to New York, it's fucking a little, I was like, boom, boom, shaka like a boom. Remember the two of us sitting on the sitting room floor going, <gasps> that's a brilliant song. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't from a more famous band. Well. Um, so yeah, we, we, the main, the main characters, like we're introduced to Christopher Lloyd as Henry Sikorsky first walk around mm-hmm. and we only find out later on that like it, in a couple of minutes that he thinks he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for, for the time being, we're like, oh, he's a doctor and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Turns out he's mental. It's just like the, li- the sm- little tiny rug that they pull out from under you, but it's yeah. still like you're already, oh, okay, so they tricked me. You're intrigued. You're, you're on, already you're on the follow, like, Exactly. Mm. And he goes around and he just comes to the other guys that are in his group therapy group. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes to Billy Caulfield, which is played by Michael Keaton. Um, and he's like playing table tennis with a guy on Thorazine. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, you see, there's, there's already a compassionate side in him, even though he's snarky and sarcastic and... You know, he's still kind of like, come he's on. Involving the other yeah, guy. He's, he's always mm-hmm. on that. He's like, whatever situation he's in, he may not need to be in the mental hospital, mm-hmm. but he's there and he's just fucking getting on with it. There's mm-hmm. no point in bitching and complaining. He's that kind of a dude. And these very, very strong characters mm-hmm. are already coming out. He goes to find Jack McDermott, who's played by Peter Boyle, the dad from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, dad, you think you're Jesus? <laughs> And he, he comes in and he, he opens the door and he's drinking from straight from the bottle. Oh yeah, he's in the nip. In the nip. In the <laughs> and he has that weird old man like wet wet diaper arse. <laughs> just like it's just hanging down in the middle. And he gets up and he's like, uh, I'm just partaking in some of my own blood yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he's like, it's time for group. And uh, Jack then gets up and they, they, they all go to the room and then we're introduced to Albert. And mm-hmm. Albert is a, well, he's a, he'd, be, is Albert? he'd be a catatonic mainly because he can't he can't speak. Yeah, but he'll try and communicate through baseball terms. Right. So the first time so. we see him, he's standing up singing the end of the national anthem. Home of the brave, and he sits down, <laughs> and then they come over and he's like, "Albert, it's time for group." He's like, "Play ball." Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, no, no, it's time for group." And he's like, "Play ball." Like, you, <laughs> like it's like uh, I am Groot. Yeah, this kind of thing. The same. Say, say a little with a lot, uh, say a lot with a little. Yeah, That's and they bring him, they, they bring him to the uh, to the group. Say he mm-hmm. tries to steal the cupcake as well. It's very funny. He tries to take. It's like no, that belongs to him. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay, but you see, he's fucking switched on because he puts it down. He looks up. The guy's walking away, and he's like. Yeah, okay. And he it still again, snatches like. it again. Like, you're like, okay, he's catatonic, but he's not tick. It's mm-hmm. possibly a choice, you know? So these four guys go into group therapy and they're in the group with uh, Dr. Weitzman, mm-hmm. who's played by Dennis Butsakaris. Butsakaris. And he, we know him from uh, Batteries Not Included is probably his other most famous one that he stars. He's yeah. the star of that movie. Um He's also in Money Monster and The Born Legacy, but just like bit parts. And he mostly plays a doctor. He's in maybe like yeah, 15 he's, movies. He's just one of those faces like that you, you always know, remember. Yeah. Like, you know. And there's a lot of those guys in this, like mm-hmm. the, the cops from later on. It's like mm-hmm. he's a bad, he's that character in mm-hmm. every film. Uh, so the four guys are in the group therapy and they kind of get a little bit about what's happening. And we find out that Billy is a violent, you know, a psychopath. And he's a, he's a, like a chronic liar. Yeah. Ma- ma- massive liar like he, in, in, in the first couple like he's he's talking about uh, being coming second to yeah, Daytona exactly yeah being decorated war veteran and all this yeah. stuff Let's you weren't in Vietnam Bill you're too young <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah well but like making up wild shit mm-hmm. and you can just see that it's you know a man that has had a hard life and he's mm-hmm. trying to escape into a world where he feels in control mm-hmm. 
and the lack of control forces him to anger mm-hmm. and we can all you we know see that. you know fucking so I feel like the dream team is a little bit every one of them is a little bit of me sometimes yeah. I like to sit around in a nip and drink wine straight from the bottle mm-hmm. but know? that's the thing and like, throw a chair through a window <laughs> you're on about like the archetypal characters like yeah. these these four basically fit if you have like any goofball character coming up before in any movie leading up to this they would have had one or more traits of all of these guys like, yeah so like you know, the overly the overly aggressive alpha leader yeah the uh the beta you know insecure doctor who are who who's is, always uh, trying to tear down the alpha with yeah, little picky exactly kind of comments yeah. and stuff, the, yeah. the, the wild card is peter boyle mm-hmm. the complete nut job and then you have like the weird like the extra weird who would yeah, be so Albert. Like they were yeah. the they were the um the A team mm-hmm. of a psychiatric <laughs> mental institution. <laughs> yeah. I ain't got no Thorazine. <laughs> Get an electro away from me, fool. But it just seems like it just seems like um the way these characters are built and they're just set on the, it's a super simple premise. Mm-hmm. Just set in a journey. The doctor wants to take him on a trip to New York as part of like this outside therapy and we get introduced to the other doctor. So there's like the main doctor mm-hmm. uh Doctor, I always sing it like Henry Secor. Mm-hmm. So, I'm telling Doctor Newwald, <laughs> right? <laughs> and him and two other like you know asshole dickhead doctors yeah. who don't the, the like con- the conservative yeah, types, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the horn rimmed glasses and mm-hmm. shit, and they don't like Doctor Weitzman and his like airy fairy hippie kind of mm-hmm. real ways. And he's like, "Come on, man, these guys are going to be institutionalized forever. Mm-hmm. Let's take them on a fucking trip on a date. Remember, bring him to the ball game, get him a hot dog. You know, get a dog in the stands, and that mm-hmm. seems to be that whole all American apple pie Fourth of July shit, where it's like." There's nothing better than a baseball game and a hot dog, dog and, and a, a beer. beer with your pals, yeah. Uh, with your with your buds, mm-hmm. and we never see a fucking baseball in the whole thing. Like there's nothing <laughs> in, you know. Um, they, they never make it spoilers, mm-hmm. and it's a nice little uh, almost two hours of a jaunt into a really good story mm-hmm. with great characters. It all branches off the second act. The whole thing opens up like a lovely flower, mm-hmm. and then the third act is that satisfaction and a little bit of action and a little bit of kind of you know. Proper, proper good film. I mean, like for coming up on close on two hours, there wasn't any really point where it no, drags. Like, there's even, no, even even on rewatches, there's no fat, there's no mm-hmm. gristle. Um, so in this group therapy session, you find out a lot about these guys, and yet there is still more than to be developed. Mm-hmm. So Billy is a pathological liar. Henry Sikorsky had divorced from his wife, and he had a psychotic break, and he now thinks he's a doctor, mm-hmm. but he really works for, and I, I don't think they say what his job is, but they say he works for the post office, they say he works for a waste management company, yeah. they say he works in an office. There's a few little different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find out that Jack... He, was, uh, he used he to be was, the he was the senior VP, yeah. or he was or was VP. I can't very very high up anyway, mm-hmm. in an advertising company, and he mm-hmm. made all the decisions and stuff. And he obviously had you know a, 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 a breakdown, an executive, mm-hmm. you know, mental bur- murmur, mm-hmm. and just and just thought he was Jesus, got a messianic complex, and had to fucking bounce. He was like, I'm out, checking out of life, and all these guys had lives outside, mm-hmm. and this was made very evident from the, the get go. So yes. they say, okay, let's go on the baseball game. We're getting this thing. They got into a van. They're driving into town and they all have real social issues. And as much as you think Michael Keaton is probably the most normal, as soon as he starts to reflect off other people, you didn't find out how weird, actually weird he is, mm-hmm. you know? And so they're driving into the city. It's one of my favorite bits in the film. They're driving into the city and they start singing, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're like, oh, we have to, you know, a Henry Sikorsky, Christopher Lloyd character is kind of like that rain man. Like we've got to be back for 2.30. Yeah, yeah, very wa- neurotic. We're going to miss Waffner, two thirty <laughs> Waffner, and 
they, they put on Ray Charles Hit the Road Jack right. in the van and then they all start, start moving boom, bopping boom, hit the road Jack they just sing along and then all of a sudden Jack in the back seat he's like oh woman oh woman don't you drink me so mean I'm just like <laughs> baiting myself that it's so good when you, it's so good when you hear um, mm. <laughs> joining in yeah. the song and stuff like that it's just they're all quite volatile towards each other and they're all very close. Mm. So then when they hit the city and Albert is like, you're batter up! <laughs> Holding his dick because he has to piss but he's trying to communicate it through baseball terms so he's like, mm. I gotta go for a piss. Like, you gotta go. <laughs> batter up! You're like, oh, okay, I get it. And they bring him down uh, an alley to have a piss and he keeps going further and further down the alley. Obviously, he's, you know, catatonic but he's not, doesn't want to show his penis around. Mm. And... Um, and he so witnesses the, a crime. Yeah, so the doctor is following him down the alley to try and find where Albert went, and he comes across uh, two cops. Well, we don't know they're cops at this time. Yeah. But he comes across two cops uh, shooting another guy yeah. in the head. Uh, and then he's caught witnessing this. So he tries to run away. Dr. Weitzman is caught. Dr. Weitzman is yeah. caught witnessing this. He tries to run away, and uh, he gets the head beaten off him by these two guys. Uh Albert. Pistol whipped. Pistol whipped, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Knocked out in a coma. So he's in a coma. Albert can't talk. No. He witnesses the whole thing happen. Mm-hmm. And he steps out from behind like two bins. And he's like, Ugh! Mm-hmm. and your man is comatose on the ground. The ambulance comes, takes him away. Albert is like lassie, just, what, what do I do? <laughs> and um, he goes back to the van. He just sits in the van. And then mm-hmm. the four lads are like, where's the doctor? And he's like, because mm-hmm. he can't talk. And the, the the adventure then opens up into mm-hmm. these four guys have to fucking survive on their own. Mm-hmm. They don't know who's out there. The tables turn on them very quickly mm-hmm. when the hospital realizes they haven't come back. They put out an APB kind of a thing on all these guys and they end mm-hmm. up getting turned into criminals. And there's like a, a, a an everybody against them mm-hmm. compulsion. Because uh, the good they, guys are against them. The exactly. bad guys are against them from all sides. They're on their own. And mm-hmm. it's a real A-team vibe. You know, they, they, have to, they have to use their wits and exactly. their, 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 and overcome their, their, their illness, basically. Yeah, overcome their psychological yeah. obstacles, mm-hmm. yeah. But there is a real nice catharsis um, in, the, in, the, in the third act where mm-hmm. they all go back and confront the things that... Well, the, the part, like parts of their previous lives to yes. before they, when they came into the institution, you know, you have Billy has his girlfriend, you have Jack's former business partners, mm-hmm. and you have Sikorsky's family yeah. the only one we don't go into the back is Albert, Albert. so that's for the sequel yeah <laughs> <laughs> Dream Team 2 The Albert Chronicles there you go and we just yeah it's weird how we don't find out what's what's up with him mm-hmm. and, he, and at the end he's just like he's kind he's of like a ma- he's a mascot figure or it? something or he's he's a not a MacGuffin but he's just like he's, he's a he's a device to move the plot along because if one of the other guys had gone down to take a piss they would, would have been able to it. talk yeah, exactly. or would have been able to do something else so, so I think maybe that that silence that he's not cured but he's still able to communicate more than what he was before mm. and all the other guys are able to talk and they're able to tell their story whereas Albert is not and maybe that's why we don't find out his story mm-hmm. do you know he's played by Stephen First mm-hmm. and it's it's a really good character that he plays in this movie he also plays Flounder in Animal House yeah um, and he was in Babylon 5 for like all the seasons playing uh, Vera Cotto. Oh, he had like loads the, of the prosthetics mad, on him. Like. Yeah, but the mad hair he mm. had. And he, I think he was the barman. But yeah, Babylon. he was in Babylon 5. And guess what? As of recording this, he, he he's only dead two weeks. Go away. He died two weeks ago. Oh, no way. I know. That was, about, that was about when we 
kind of well, we were thinking were watching about it. So I was yeah. watching the movie and Stephen first was fucking roaring for a priest. Jesus. Isn't that mad? I went up for Stephen then. Yeah. Mm. Pouring, pouring some out on the, on, the, on the sidewalk for Stephen first, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Albert Iannucci. So, yeah, I mean, like, great, like, great story mechanism. You know, he comes back, he can't tell. But, you know, uh, Billy is, like, Michael Keaton is in the, in the van. He's like, what the fuck? Huh? Mm-hmm. And then the next thing, it cuts to the night scene. And then they're all like, fuck this. And they all go their separate ways. Yeah. They all have their own little adventure. Mm-hmm. It all goes out. I think then they all come back. And then they have to, you know, in the end defend the life of the doctor who's lying in state in a coma in the hospital from these two cops that want to kill him because he's the only witness to this crime and it mm-hmm. turns out that the the, co- the person that they kill is a cop and it's all that he was going to expose them for their corruption and all this kind of stuff brilliant yeah like really really good classic 80s film some really nice moments in it nice little really set pieces stuff, yeah. brilliant touches but a must watch right oh I'd say so yeah uh, like start to finish like I don't think there's any any like scenes that are unnecessary or don't sit well like uh, there would be no director's cut for this no I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine so I never I didn't never found one anyway like each of the characters are equally lovable there's no Mm. standout character and I know we said that Albert seems maybe like a little bit of a I don't know mascot or a a, Mm -hmm. a superfluity but I think that like a MacGuffin would be more like he's a the the the, the mechanism device yes yeah yeah. um still a good character yeah still works like that's that's what I mean is because uh, you'd have movies so many so many movies that would have exactly similar characters device move along but you don't feel anything for them because yeah. it's completely transparent that that's what they are yeah there's no other reason for them to exist and I think it's from those movies that people who are making movies now mm-hmm. would look back on and go okay we have to have this guy this guy and this guy mm-hmm. and they don't put the love into it yeah and then you feel like yeah you fuck just that end up guy. with the archetypes yeah, yeah. fuck that there's no there's no mate mm-hmm. so uh, w- w- if we were to talk about favourite parts in the film favourite parts uh, some of my favourite parts mm-hmm. involve like the character developments in the second act mm-hmm. like um, Jack going into the church mm-hmm. thinking he's Jesus That's and he's brilliant. praying and it's like an evangelical he, like black church and they're all like praise Jesus and he's sermonizing and he's about sermonizing. his history and the advertising yeah. and they all get up I and he's like I have money and women Amen. oh god the women <laughs> yeah and then he's like and I thought I'd clean myself and he starts taking off all his clothes and everything and um, the, I think at the start the people that were the person that was keeping him together was Henry mm, yeah uh, being a neurotic doctor is like we have to get Dr. Reitzman we have to call Dr. Newwald we have to get back in the van and get back to the hospital mm-hmm. and he goes around and after they all run off he, he tries to keep them together mm-hmm. so I think Henry is way more important than a, a lot of people would presume or he could be seen as just like a beta character yeah but he, but he is he is responsible for trying to get them back yeah. on track to what they were supposed to be doing uh, so have you got any other favourite bits? Uh, there is there's one bit it's another Peter Boyle bit uh, which links into my favourite one of my favourite Christopher Lloyd bits just like you were saying about character yeah. development but Peter Boyle they're walking through the hospital later yeah. on in the movie when they're um, they're all dressed up as uh, doctors or surgeons trying to get to the room while they're trying to defend the life of their doctor Dr. Weitzman in a coma exactly yeah and oh, so yeah, Peter yeah, Boyle yeah. is walking by <laughs> And there's an old man in a trolley in the hall as they're walking and like the camera doesn't stop, the scene keeps moving along, but it's just a little throwaway thing and he just puts his hand on the on the patient and goes, Arise my son and walk. 
and the guy gets up and you just see it in the background the guy gets up and collapses in a heap <laughs> on the ground <laughs> and this is why Billy this is when Billy uh, uh, Michael Keaton is trying to bullshit the doctors of the hospital yeah. to say and we're, we're this doctor and we're that mm-hmm. doctor yeah, and, really. uh, and then that leads to Sikorsky Lloyd's character just rattling off all the stuff that he used to that annoyed people in the psychiatric yeah. institution it's like oh he's going to need 100 mils of you know Bazine and blah blah blah, yeah. but like, it actually works in it this in this scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's some really nice bits as well for uh, Billy, mm-hmm. uh, which is Michael Keaton's character. Um, while they're all sitting in the van, mm-hmm. Doctor Weitzman gets out of the van to bring Albert for a piss, and he goes, "No ghost stories, Bill." And he tells the story about the wolves of New York, and it's like, mm-hmm. "Do you ever, do you ever watch that movie Wolven? That was filmed down here. That was filmed <laughs> down here." You know, the big wolves, the fangs, the shit hanging out of their mouths <laughs> and all this stuff, you know. And Henry and Jack are in the van like, going, what the fuck? And then, and then he sits back and he goes, yeah, it was a good movie. Oh, just real gentle. And, the, and Mike, uh, Christopher Lloyd's face mm. just like, <gasps> like freaking yeah, out. It's so fucking good, man. Like really, mm. really nice bits. Mm. Lovely little jokes and set pieces like that in this mm. film that, that'll keep you like totally interested. There's no dead air or there's no like, there's no downbeat mm-hmm. to the next scene ever. No. Do you know? Uh, one of Billy Caulfield's major motivations in the film is his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Played, played by uh, Lorraine. A, sh- a short haired Lorraine Bracco. Yeah, Lorraine yeah. Bracco from Goodfellas. We know her from. She's in The Sopranos as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the typical New York. Like if it was no, strong, yeah. loud, brash. Yeah, we're going to do the alternative cast like, later on, mm-hmm. but but uh, she's definitely like you know an Italian like mm-hmm. passionate. Yeah, Billy, mm-hmm. you know where have you been, Billy? You've been gone a year and a half. What am I supposed to do? Sit around and wait for you to call me? And you're like, <laughs> all right, Henry. Who the fuck do you think you are, Henry? Yeah, like, it's it seems, similar stuff there. Seems like just that that archetypal naggy Italian woman. Mm-hmm. But um, she's very passionate, and Billy obviously is in, in love with her. And at this point, we find out that he's been in there for a year and a half. Yeah, you call me in a year and a half, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Fuck, man!" He seems kind of all together still, like he had just gone in there. Yeah, he's there a year and a half. And the Thorazine is having no effect on him. He's just totally like, yeah, it takes me tablets every day, but I'm still yeah, sassy. I'm still crazy. Bursting at the seams. That's it, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the relationship between them is really nice, isn't it? Uh, slowly. I thought as well, uh, I read a, just an interesting comparison that Key, like the uh, Caulfield's character was yeah. kind of uh, an homage or a little mirror of Nicholson's character in Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. So I kind McMurphy. of play it that way, exactly. Yeah, so yeah to play he, it that it way. It does have that crazy eyebrows and mm-hmm. the whole uh, erratic, spontaneous like. It's like, come on, well, let's just do it. Let's, let's just, just fucking go. Set yeah. the place on fire. Yeah, like yeah. it's just yeah, and um, the way that he goes to her to go like, hey, I still love you. Like, don't forget about me. Mm-hmm. And she she reveals that she's like shacked up with another dude and she's mm-hmm. living in a you know a, a fancy New York a fancy apartment, apartment mm-hmm. with this rich fucking you know, yuppie guy. This is the height of yuppieism now. It's nineteen. Yeah. 89 so we're, we're the money the money is starting to really climb yeah here, it's like. Trump it's Trump time mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know Billy can't really compete with that mm-hmm. but yet she still loves him at the core of herself yeah um, loves his character loves his like crazy spontaneity and it's mm-hmm. just it's all like well I'm I'm passionate mm-hmm. and your man just seems like a limp dick suit guy who goes to work and all that stuff you know so another one of my favourite bits is when uh, Billy goes to uh, Riley who's just mm-hmm. the the uh, Lorraine Bracco's character and it goes to Riley and says like okay listen we're in trouble now like you gotta help us and they're in the apartment and the guy is getting ready for work and it comes up on the news so after the hospital reports see the cops are trying to cover up their 
corruption. Mm-hmm. So they they spin the story to say like four escape mental patients are basically uh, they, uh, they, they're attacking their doctor and they've escaped and they're you know crazy on the loose. Mm-hmm. And the story like filters down and comes out in the news and it shows the four pictures. So the guys are standing in the apartment going, "Come here, listen, you have to help us. We have to save our doctor. There's these two cops. We can't go to the cops because they know mm-hmm. you know we have to do it ourselves. We have to and you know, really help us. You know, we need money. We need something." And her boyfriend, the limp dick, is like getting ready for work, putting on his tie and meets Billy and knows like this is the guy who used to fucking shit up my girlfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, how you doing? Sees their mugshots on the news and goes like, okay, starts ringing the cops, you know? Yeah. And they have to leave. But in that interaction, while they're in the apartment, Albert is eating loads of stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, Henry's like looking around. He's like wiping the, wiping wiping the, the dust off. Looking at his yeah. finger to see if there's dust. Like they're all still very... Oh, they're very in character, yeah. And there's nobody standing around slack-jawed waiting for somebody to talk to them. Mm -hmm. They're all doing their own thing. And one of my favourite bits, and I think Jack McDermott, for me, is the best supporting actor in in this film. Like, really fucking tight. Yeah, I'd agree. Peter Boyle shit, right? So, he's standing at the back of the room, and he's not moving for a minute. Mm -hmm. And you're wondering, like, what's he doing? And he's looking at this white sculpture. Mm -hmm. And a flash of his old life comes forward when he goes this is nice art. Hmm. I like this art. Hmm. And he, then he just starts going as, uh, you know, neo, neo-impressionist neo, yeah. or something like that. And blah, blah, blah. And he describes the whole thing. And your man's like, hey, you're good. He's like, I know art. And you're just like, that's fucking mm-hmm. a real insight. Like another layer, another layer of the onion peeled away from Peter Boyd's character. Like you're like, this guy knows his fucking shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And another one of the real nice, uh, Peter Boyle moments is when he then goes back into his old job yes and he's talking to he meets a guy on the street yeah uh, I can't remember the fucking guy's name it's like incidental like I used to work with your character and he's mm-hmm. a real schmulzy you know chicklets for teeth kind of nice yeah, big yeah, coloured yeah. fancy suit guy he's like hey Jack mm-hmm. how you doing baby like one of these uh, you know I'm an advertising millionaire talk and slick like, culture yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Jack is like I'm 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 doing okay. I'm in a mental hospital now. And he's like, oh, tough break. Yeah, work is hard. Work is hard. It doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it doesn't miss a beat. It doesn't miss a beat. Just like, oh, that's got to be tough. So, uh, okay, I'm off. I got to go for a meeting. And you're like, okay. He's like, we must go for coffee sometime, Jack. Jack is like, okay. And then at at the crux point, at the decision when the group goes like, okay, we need help. Mm -hmm. We got to make moves. Peter Boyle goes to his old job. Yeah. Goes into the building and says, hey, what's the crack? I need some money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've I've been going around like I'm, I'm fucking in a mental hospital. Shit's going on. And it's really, really real. Mm-hmm. And he loses the whole Jesus thing. And he, he says, I think I'm Jesus. He doesn't say I am Jesus. He said, mm-hmm. I think I'm, you know, I'm fucking psychotic. Yeah. This business fucked my head. I need your help, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's a really sincere kind of a moment. Like really, this. like the the whole character opens up, mm-hmm. and it's just fucking deadly. And then this little guy Murray comes in. And he's like little glasses, Murray. you know, the thing, and he has like a mustache and whatever. And he comes into the office and he's like, "Hello," oh, he's like, "Hey, I'm Murray." And then the, we find out. Then at that point, the reason he was committed is because he tried to throw Murray out of a fifth fifth floor window or whatever. Right. And that was the breaking point for Jack's character mm-hmm. because Murray was a little fucker and he, he undercut him or whatever. So you're mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck Murray, you know. And and he starts being really real. Murray goes out, obviously realizes, oh, fuck, this guy's here. He tried to show me. I'm going to ring the cops. Like, they're looking for him. Rings mm-hmm. the cops. 
Jack gets pinched. The cops come in. The guy is like, I'm sorry, Jack. And he's like, I forgive you. So he slips straight back into the Jesus character. He's like, I tried to be real with you. Yeah, that helped me. It could have cured me. But you know what? I forgive you. I'm Jesus. Mm-hmm. And on the way out, as he's pulled out of the office, mm-hmm. he they, they, they overhear this uh, conversation in the office about this big account. So Marie comes into the office to ask. He's like, hey, you know, have you made a decision on Matachi? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these guys, these Japanese guys are waiting for a decision on the advertising. Like, did we get their contract or not? Are we going to go ahead and do it? And as Jack is being pulled into the elevator by the by the police, he goes like, Hey, Murray. Yeah, Jack? When I was in the office, I overheard. You got the Matachi account. It's $30 million. And Murray is like, ah, We got it. We got the Matachi account. We got the Matachi account. He's dancing around, high-fiving people and all like that. And and he just goes, Hey Murray, just kidding. Wah, 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 as the, the door closes. Door and closed. you're like, that's just that's mwah. And it shows development in his personality because he didn't throw him out of a window this time. He mm-hmm. just like cut new got up another way. Got him the other way. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really great moment. Very that's funny, like just like. very Peter Boyley as well, you know. Yeah. He's one of these guys that doesn't seem to age either. Like he, he <laughs> yeah. was he was born that age. He was born and bald and thirty years 50. later he looks the same. <laughs> Um, yeah and and uh, the guy who plays uh, Henry Skorsky Christopher Lloyd mm. like we've seen him already we've seen him in like uh, w- with the first Back to the Future movie mm-hmm. this year the 1989 when it was released Back to the Future 2 was released as mm-hmm. well but it was all filmed in the same year um, and then for Billy Caulfield Michael Keaton uh, he was he was also after like he filmed first uh, the first Batman yeah. and then filmed this and Batman was released at the same time as in the same year. Yeah. So two of the main characters in this movie also had two blockbuster, Major much, coming out, like. yeah, much more well-regarded movies. And that's why I think this one was buried because mm. it did poorly at the box office. It wasn't really like a critical acclaim kind of a thing. And both of those lads already had uh, two other, two other movies to movies. be promoting and exactly. working on. Yeah, Yeah. Seems seems like a bit. Just got lost in the shuffle, kind it did, of. Did yeah, it's, and there's a lot of movies like that, man. Mm-hmm. Especially now when it's like peak movies, peak TV, people lashing stuff out. You know. Yeah. Uh, have you any other favorite moments? Uh, nothing really. I think there's just, there's a there's a funny like little throwaway moment at the end mm-hmm. when when they come in and Doctor Weitzman wakes up in the hospital and then. Billy and all the guys are there and they're trying to all play it cool like don't fucking mention that we're the mental patients you know <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like yeah. we're all the doctors and then Lorraine Bracco comes in and it's just like everyone is wide eyed and like oh oh Billy hi hi yeah well done Billy look at man <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's class how um, Billy kind of takes the action man role mm. and he's going back into the hospital voluntarily to go okay I need to sort some shit out mm-hmm. I do um but I'm okay. I'm better than I was. Mm-hmm. And it's evident to... See, you get to see the reflection of his character's development in the eyes of Riley, who is, I think, quite has violent tendencies herself, do you know? Oh, yeah. Well, like, I think that I think that's... Uh, there's a little commentary on that. It's like, well, everybody has a little... Yeah. A little crazy in him. I mean, like, the two... The two like you were saying before, the two conservative doctors that were giving shit to Weitzman about taking yeah. him out on the trip, uh, they end up... Getting swapped, getting, yeah, yeah, getting swapped out as patients, getting drugged up. That was the kind and of like, the whole A team mm-hmm. uh, swap and change where they Albert pretends to have to go for a piss, mm-hmm. and another brilliant moment like Albert pretends to go for a piss while they're being taken out by the cops, mm-hmm. and 
they're going from the police station into like a, a an armored van where they're going to get transported back to the hospital mm-hmm. and they have the doctors there's two doctors there's the driver and mm-hmm. there's a policeman yes and it matches the four patients and the guys pull the gun out of the secure old ass security guard's pocket mm-hmm. and albert is all like batter up like holding up the, <laughs> the gun and peter boyle takes the takes the gun off him and he's like i'll hold this for you now you guys nobody move and then christopher lloyd comes over and goes <clears throat> can i hold the gun and peter boyle is like no i'm holding the gun and he's like come on i let you sit in the front seat and he's like okay and he gives it to him and then and christopher lloyd like goes up and he points it he's like and he has a little smirk like a little contented smile it's so fucking good like it's just a real nice like can I have a bit of control please it's really really good and speaking of Henry Skorsky's character Mm -hmm. a super heartfelt moment where he goes back to his family home Mm -hmm. gets to see what we find out then is his six or seven year old daughter he has a wife the wife is like we're waiting for you honey we love you Mm -hmm. and there's pictures all around him of, of him in the family pose like smiling and you wonder like what happened yeah what happened there there's no there's no there's no real explanation of the break there yeah but I think they try and kind of allude to it in that he, he might was, have gone postal o- o- yeah over where like as I said or whatever yeah. it was waste management or postal office it was yeah. just something where the yeah. monotony of it the just OCD broke got him. too much yeah, yeah. Um, we find out what happened to Billy he, he, he pulled up a load of seats at a hockey game and uh, assaulted a bunch of security guards and mm-hmm. had to get taken away so it was like a violent outburst and instead of going to jail he got committed mm-hmm. that's why he's there for a year and a half I guess even though he's compass mentis yeah. he used to have anger issues or whatever. Yeah. so it's it's there is a lot of like lovely development in it mm-hmm. and um, you know no spoilers nobody nobody dies or whatever no. but uh, the action scene at the end is real good and they're mm-hmm. ch- you know chasing him down and it's a real cool moment between Riley and Billy where uh they're all at gunpoint in the cop who's played by uh, James Remar who plays the G and Ellie in, in, the, in the movie and you know him he's the bad guy in everything yeah he just has a bad face like. yeah <laughs> a bad guy face uh, he, he's in Miracle on 34th Street he's like the, the enforcer you know that mm-hmm. one with um, um, uh, Richard Attenborough and the, the little girl from Matilda who oh, yeah. her face never grew up <laughs> to that girl yeah. Mara Mara Smallface I can't remember <laughs> Uh, he he was also in another movie called Dream Team in 1999, which from the cover looks like porn. All right, yeah, pretty weird. Uh, he's in he was a bad guy in Pineapple Express, the bad cop, mm. and he's also uh, a bad uh, racist KKK dude in uh, Django Unchained. True. So he's like, yeah, James Remar is like, if you need a bad guy, he's your he's your man to call. He's the, he's, he's the man. And uh, O'Malley is played by Philip Bosco, who ha- has been in a fucking million. Like, mm. look at his IMDb; it's a million films playing this like. I'm a gruff, you know, Irish American cop. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all just like bitty movies. The most famous is probably the Samuel L. Jackson Shaft from 2000. Yes, and he's in. He's the he's that's the most main role. Like he's the antithesis of of Shaft. Like right. in that movie, um, the chase and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. Gianelli gets the gun and he's holding it up to to Riley's head, and Billy is holding uh, holding the gun on him and. So like I'll shoot her and Billy's like, go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'm nuts. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna count to three. And Billy goes, I'm not even gonna count. <laughs> yeah. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> it's it's it so brilliant. fucking cool that moment. <laughs> and then he lets it go, and then she comes over and goes, Billy, what the fuck? You don't care? Mm-hmm. You don't care about me? It's like, why? I was gonna. You thought I was gonna shoot him. You thought I was gonna shoot you, right? Yeah. Jim <laughs> Reamer looks back over his shoulder. He's like. 
yeah. He's like, see, I lied, but like, fucking, come on, stop giving me shit. Like, it's just so natural. I could picture yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like my girlfriend doing that shit. If I was like, shoot her, I don't care, yeah. and she bent that shit out, out of me for three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, but some really nice, like, real moments in that mm. film. Um, so we we do a thing on White Press Play called the Alternative Cast. Right. So who would who would you have? as an alternative cast like we've gone through loads of lovely moments mm-hmm. loads of nice little things like you'll watch all that you'll forget everything you've heard on this show mm-hmm. when you go to watch it and then mm-hmm. as they come along you're like oh here's this bit oh mm-hmm. it's way better than the lad said mm-hmm. like definitely 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 watch this film it's fucking mwah, delicious yeah, uh, so the alternative cast then for me mm-hmm. I think Riley Lorraine Bracco could be played by Marissa Tomei and it's that Italian yeah, character it from Michaels and Vinny like my biological clock is ticking mm-hmm. uh same kind of aggressive tone or whatever and she got an Oscar in My Cousin Vinny for that shit yeah like she's as good as the Italian girlfriend really really class uh, who would you have I don't know I was, I was, who would you I change? was thinking I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have changed wouldn't change. around yeah. like that's what I said like the, the main three Keaton Boyle and uh, Lloyd yeah they, they are great for great. those roles like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to picture anyone else the only one I'd change you just for the shits and the giggles put John Candy in instead of Stephen First for Albert's yeah, maybe, character maybe yeah I think, I think he like, has more of a presence than, than Stephen First so. yeah I mean like, I think he would have I don't know sold it a bit more like brought, it on, brought it on a bit maybe yeah yeah. I think the fact that he worked was, with limited lines like yeah he was I mean, restricted you know? by lines mm-hmm. was maybe uh, you know so like so if you had someone who was more more of a powerful like you said like a bigger bigger acting presence bigger yeah it might have overshadowed that kind of stuff yeah mm-hmm. I think um, for the Jesus character played by Peter Boyle, the Jack McDermott, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't that I be can, good? I can see it, yeah. Like a Zach Galifianakis character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to replace Michael Keaton in this film. Yeah. I, I, I'm i a huge Michael Keaton fan. Multiplicity, mm-hmm. like Batman, like he, he, like Beetlejuice, come on. Like mm-hmm. every time. He does comedy and he does dark. Yeah, really every well. time he hits it, he fucking hits it hard mm-hmm. and it's it's supernatural and it's him it's always him mm-hmm. and when I watch Birdman and yes. there's so many like in jokes to his career it's the fucking story of that man's career you know mm-hmm. being the Birdman being Batman it's mm-hmm. like and there's nobody else could have played that and uh, mm-hmm. like it's an Oscar winner or stuff like that you should watch Birdman as well but he's started to come back in these kind of bit roles yeah with uh, he was the the first time I'd seen him in like 10 years or something like that was the lieutenant in The Other Guys with uh, Mark Wahlberg yes. and Will Ferrell. And I was like, ah, oh, and he made loads of uh, TLC uh, lyric jokes. Right. He's like, hey, what can I say? Don't go chasing waterfalls. You're like, isn't that a, is that a song lyric? No. I just made that up. Uh, he was also in the new Robocop. He was the Perry White of uh-huh. of the the... Or the John J. Jonah Jameson mm-hmm. of uh, the newspaper in Spotlight, the Boston newspaper, I, I, like Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, <sighs> couldn't. There's supposed to be a Beetlejuice sequel coming out, really? and uh, yeah, there's there's the breaks are on it right now. But Keaton is like, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. Like for thirty years, I'm like, like absolutely do yeah. it, and then make them up and they look identical. You know, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> save that for later. Like so <laughs> fucking good, man. Um, but Birdman, like if you're if you're yeah. Birdman, Birdman's a If you watch Dream Team movie. and you want a fucking Michael Keaton fest, mm-hmm. then go watch Birdman. Yeah. So hard to replace him in this film. Who would you have? I don't know, like, who who, who could straddle the line of being that Crazy. Ang- angry and, 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 and wild on it? 
while still being funny and sweet. Yeah. Eddie Murphy or someone would be too slapstick. Yeah. Too too fr- frenetic. Yeah. Would you have maybe uh, what was your man's name? He's in. He 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 gets shot in the hand in Prince of Thieves. Talks like this. Oh, Chris Slater. Christian, Christian Slater. Slater. Could you have Christian yeah, Slater? Yeah, that could work because you remember him from. Um, What's that one he did with Nona Ryder where he's a nut job? Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie now, but like, yeah, he, play, he, just, he just plays a fucking wacko in that as well, but it's the same kind of hyper happy but dangerous. Manic. Yeah. Heathers. Heathers, that's, that's it. it. That's yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think he could do that kind of, you know, wolven and the fucking shit hanging out of her mouth. Yeah, it's like, yeah. he has that, ma- like, manic. Uh, energy yeah, but then he also he's also able to go into heartfelt he's able to go into like soft into do you know like hey mm-hmm. I fucking love you but also do you know if anyone fucks at me while I'm in the middle of shifting you mm-hmm. I just immediately break out into a fight like <laughs> no from zero to fuck you in two seconds like um, obviously you know you could have a young Al Pacino yes like obviously yeah and I think Keaton was kind of maybe channeling that then, but, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. at that rate explosive kind of stuff yeah I, I, I didn't know how crazy he was until when they were running out of the apartment Albert loses his hat mm-hmm. they're running to Riley's apartment because your man had called the cops mm-hmm. and Albert loses his hat he's like oh my hat he goes but well, he doesn't say that obviously but because he, he can't talk but he goes back to get it and then the cops are arresting him and then Michael Keaton is like okay I gotta help him and he does mm-hmm. this dive like a fucking football <laughs> yeah. tackle on the guards and you're like why would <laughs> you sacrifice yourself like that but it just seems like very uh, Pacino-y very Nicholson-y mm-hmm. um, manic yeah. but also heartfelt and I like that it's fucking fair like imagine talking about Michael Keaton and saying the only people you're going to be able to replace him with are the best actors in the world yeah. ever. <laughs> do, do you know it's a like, like you have to pull out the stops absolutely and we're going to do like uh, we talked at the start of the show the different show types that we're going to do you know mm-hmm. um, we're also going to go through different actors bodies of work and different uh, directors bodies of work so like if you were doing a Michael Keaton show we'd do it live on Discord through Patreon and, mm-hmm. and on crowd Crowdcast and stuff like that we'd be filming it so I have a Mevo camera now and we're going to have kind of a round round table panel we'll film that we'll broadcast it live you guys can ask questions or call in and do your do your suggestions or say your favourite moments from Michael Keaton films and we do a whole two hours of just Michael Keaton I, I, you know who know, I send him an email he might call in you never know you never know he's not doing much <laughs> do you know, he's not that much sitting around yeah. and if he knows that there's a, you know a couple of thousand people talking about him mm-hmm. and they're just going yeah it's deadly like let's but have a go you know? he, seem, he seems to be into the idea of you know revivals and yeah, being talked about I mean, so. he, he fucking deserves it man yeah he really deserves okay. it uh, who who else would you have I mean I like Lord of Mercy on the fucking Souls of the Faith they departed like Stephen mm-hmm. First he's only gone two weeks now but he, he could be replaced by anybody mm-hmm. of that c- comedy ilk yeah do you know who could you replace uh, Christopher Lloyd with who's good at, who's, who's good at neuroses I think maybe um, I'm the gatekeeper are you the key master <laughs> oh what's his name uh, I can see his little face and his eyes <laughs> and his little, glasses. Yeah. Rick Moranis. Rick yeah, yeah. Moranis. I'm the key master. You the gatekeeper. <laughs> like that. That's as good as I get. Rick Moranis. Yeah. But um, like like it could be it could be Rick. Mm-hmm. I think he's too small. He needs more of a presence, like a taller kind of. Is there anybody modern that you could do? I guess Zach Woods, who plays Jared from Silicon Valley, has that kind of. Did you ever watch Silicon Valley? I think he's 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 kind of the longer guy with the the sharp yeah, nose, the yeah. tall, p- 
pasty, ghostly yeah, looking. I know, I know, I know the the actor. Yeah. And as as Silicon Valley goes on and on, you find out that he's had like a super dark past, where he was homeless and like possibly mm-hmm. a homosexual prostitute mm-hmm. and against his will, and possibly you know like he was foster home and he has psychological issues and he's overcome all that and he's super zen and you know this guy fucks. Mm-hmm. He, he can play that nice. Uh, front facing character where it's like I care for you and I do all that stuff but some fucked up shit happened and he has like that whole dark side like Christopher Lloyd plays some dark like oh, dark yeah. part like he was um, sure even in Who Framed Roger Who Rabbit Who Framed Roger Rabbit man, I was just gonna say that Who Framed Roger Rabbit The Addams Family mm-hmm. do you know um, he he was also in One for the Cuckoo's Nest he played like the, the kind of the weird Faber I think his name was like a weird so, like psycho patient mm-hmm. um, very you know dark behind yeah and I guess like a troubled dude in real life too a little bit like you know um, and obviously Doc Brown which yeah. is you know the Libyans party um, <laughs> but it's the thing of like you have to have that vibe of straddling crazy and nice and the same mm-hmm. with Jack with Peter Boyle's guy like crazy and like and Zach Galifianakis can turn it from like I love in the stand up but he does that thing where he goes from zero to fucking screaming yeah he's like Hey, sorry, can you get me these fries are cold? Like he goes this, he said, I love doing that. Just turn it right up. Um, he has a, a a video of the gig at the Purple Onion is one of his like best stand up right. show. And he does that in that's very funny. Or he does the thing about like uh, the pretentious illiterate. Mm-hmm. He goes, give me your glasses. Give me your glasses. He puts the glasses on. He goes, I thought I told you <laughs> I can't read. And it's just real. <laughs> um, go watch, go watch that Purple Onion. Um, but yeah, I think it's hard to replace these dudes, you know. Yeah. The doctor, Dr. Weitzman, it could, could be anybody. Swap in any of yeah, those 80s faces. Someone with a fucking, you know, glasses and a beard and a yeah. bit of a Jewish tinge to them maybe or something. A little uh, Greek Orthodox. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Something with a, with a curl in it. <laughs> but just like, you know, those three main characters, Peter Boyer, Chris Floyd, Michael Keaton, gel so well together. And I think because it was released at the time of... Batman and Back to the Future that was super overshadowed yeah big time I think so. and it definitely was one of the 90s well it's 89 but it was one of the 90s like mm-hmm. b- you know proper good TV movie like you watch it on TV you're like hey those guys are all famous what's this thing yeah and the music draws you in it has uh, uh, was not was everybody walked the dinosaur uh, you know the orchestral soundtrack really really nice I do like the tagline that they gave the movie while it was being released yeah and it was like like what the fuck is this mm-hmm. like what is this film the tagline that they had originally was uh, this morning they were okay I'll do it in the movie voice sorry. Mm. this morning they were playing ping pong in the hospital rec room now they're lost in New York and framed for murder this was never covered in group therapy the dream team four guys on a field trip to reality like it's fucking yeah. weird. like it's a weird it's a weird thing and it's one of the last films to actually be filmed in in New York. You know, all through the, the mid to late 90s, they would be filming in like uh, Vancouver or Toronto mm-hmm. or in Boston if they wanted a New York skyline or New York streets. And they were actually filming in Times Square, you know, where they'd go into, they went, they were, Peter Boyle had taken off all his clothes in the church, as we talked yeah. about before, and they went and they had to clothe them. So they went into like a, a, an army surplus store, and that's a fucking store in New York, yeah. you know, right on right off Times Square. And they said, like, we got $7. We got to dress this guy for $7. <laughs> a really good moment uh, where he says, like, yeah, we're, a, we're a, a crack group of 
uh, you know, uh, secret operatives, commandos or whatever, and we're, we're hunting a group of Libyans and we need to dress the colonel. <laughs> and it's kind of like the A-team nod, yeah, yeah. nod you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, you know, I think it's one of Keaton's best performances. And he's great mm. at playing a psycho. He plays a psycho in Getting Sober and in Pacific Heights. And mm. it's definitely a must, 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 must watch. I want to find out about Michael Keaton, actually, that I didn't know. Yeah. His real name. Oh, no. Michael Douglas. And he had to change it because of the other Michael he ch- Douglas. He changed it to avoid confusion with the other maker. Brilliant. Yeah. That's how I only found that out there recently. That would be really confusing. Starring yeah. Michael Douglas. Which one? <laughs> Michael Douglas and Michael, Michael Douglas, Douglas in <laughs> This Summer. <laughs> yeah, that's deadly, man. Um, and the director as well, like tip of the cap to uh, Howard Zeef, the director. Um, before he made this movie, he had taken a break for five years. And bef- before that, he was making the movie Unfaithfully Yours, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I think, a Dudley Moore kind of love triangle movie. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And before Unfaithfully Yours, he took a break for four years. He made a bunch of movies in the 70s, took a break for four years, made made Unfaithfully Yours, took a break for five, mm-hmm. made this in 1989, and then in 1991 made My Girl... And yeah. then My Girl 2 a couple of years later. And then that's it. Yeah. So he's just like dropping. Pop, pop up every couple of years yeah, and make, make a little thing. Like My Girl is like an ultimate yeah. classic. Everyone's seen it kind of film. Mm-hmm. This is the si- one just before. Yeah. Like that, that, that schmaltz, but not too much schmaltz. Mm. Do you know? My Girl is a fucking classic, man. Yeah. And this is definitely, if you like My Girl and the vibe, you'll, you'll love this. Enjoy Dream Team as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So you think we've covered it all now? We said all without ruining it. Yeah. Like we just hit off the highlights, basically. Yeah. Like, and you can keep an eye out for those. Like we could tell you them, like yeah. some like an old person trying to tell you, you know, what happened on on Lost. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And then the man in the plane with the thing and there was a spider. <laughs> You're like, okay, yeah, sound. Uh, it it makes sense, but when mm-hmm. you watch it, it's it's just mwah. And there's lo- and there's loads of like things that we wouldn't get across like there's like one lines yeah. and looks and, and it's just Keaton's face mm-hmm. such a fucking yeah expressive and his weird kind of like rapey angry smile, smile like, like angry a, rapey yeah. kind of like oh you know <laughs> you're like oh you're fucking make me feel weird Mike <laughs> uh, so go and watch this one I don't know where you get it it's not on Netflix but you you could maybe download it somewhere on the internet something something like that something like that Uh, so all that's left for me to do is uh, thank you for listening this is another episode of White Press Play we are on all the social medias Facebook, Twitter, Instagram Pinterest we have a Reddit r slash White Press Play you can get on there and uh, leave your suggestions and uh, uh, comments about the show this show is going to be up there and you can leave comments there or you can leave it on uh, our website whitepressplay.com we also have a Patreon if you like the show, you want to support us and you want to, you know, give us a dig out. Start from $2, you get access to a whole bunch of stuff like behind the scenes stuff, videos. Uh, you get access to the Discord server, which is an app that is, uh, you know, text and audio based and get in with all the other fans and talk about the films, TV and computer games you love. Uh, we'll also be playing stre- uh, game streaming from Steam and PlayStation 4. Get on that shit. It is good crack. Uh, right now, as of time of recording, I'm playing The Last of Us. Scary shit. Good, good to watch and we all get in and we have the chats uh, like years of old sitting around and make a hot mega drive <laughs> passing it around every time we died um, so we also have all these videos up on uh, YouTube and VidMe as well for some of the copyrighted stuff that might mm-hmm. get taken down on YouTube uh, I'm not putting up any full movies but there definitely will be clips and, and little extra bits as the show evolves uh, and if you do like it go leave us a review on iTunes because I, I mean 
it's not essential to me but iTunes like it and they you know they give us like high fives and back slaps and uh, you know it makes the, the whole job a lot easier uh, and subscribe to the show on your podcast player if you're you know share it around let people know we're, we're, we're here recommending movies uh, wasting our time so you don't have to watching uh, mm-hmm. watching shite and saying what's good or not digging through the dumpster and exactly digging, the gems. Tr- digging through the dumpster bump 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 so thanks very much to Neil as well for joining me for this one Neil it was a, a trip down memory lane and, and you know coke nose shooting laughs of old <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on it was, uh, it was good to run down the old memories reminisce there will, yes. be, there will be way more oh, in yeah. the Rochford archives absolutely uh, thanks for listening to White Press Play that's it goodbye Bye.